given your outlook, how is the Century U.S. Monthly Income Fund positioned in terms of the asset mix and fixed income? Can, can you give us an update? Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, the, the important thing about the U.S. Monthly Income Fund is that we have a lot of flexibility uh, in, our, in our asset allocation as well as our, um, our, our composition of fixed income. Uh, if you look back at this fund's fixed income three years ago, it would be, you would have been hard pressed to find a significant weighting in government bonds. During the Fed's tightening cycle a couple years ago, and we saw five and 10 and 30 year bonds trade up to two and a half, three percent and beyond, uh, we built a significantly larger weighting in fixed income government bonds. Uh, to what uh, Marcel just said earlier, uh, approximately 15% of the overall uh, fund now is in government bonds, about 40 to 45% of the, um, of the fixed income component. That's from a percentage ownership basis. From a contribution to duration, uh, two-thirds of the fixed income's duration comes from government bonds now. So this is really important because this has provided, provided a lot of, uh, of positive return during the really scary moments of February, March, and April. Um, and so as, as yields dropped in response to the pandemic, uh, there was a lot of support uh, provided to the fund by these government bonds. How we sit right now is we have shortened duration um, and we've increased our exposure to treasury, treasury inflation protected securities. Um, and that's really, as I said earlier on this, the, the increasing possibility of inflation not so much this year, not so much early in 2021, but definitely as we uh, go into the back half of 2021, there are the ingredients that, that I can see coming together that could increase the potential for inflation. And the inflation break-evens were very, very cheap, um, you know, at, at different points since the pandemic uh, arose in the, in the spring. We've also, in, in buying those 10-year TIPS bonds, uh, we've uh, continued to underweight the long end of the curve. So the treasuries that we have, we have some in the long end, but we have more in the short and mid, end, mid part of the yield curve. And the yield curve has been steepening, which means 30-year bonds have under been underperforming. So we continue with that strategy. But just like everything in this world, um, you know, we have to pause and reflect and look at uh, what those trades look like and those strategies look like today. The yield curve is getting a little bit steeper than I would have thought. And these treasury break-evens, when they bounce back up to pre-COVID levels, given that we still have a significant output gap, there could be room for some profit-taking profit uh, into year-end where we might look to repurchase some of these long bonds, sell down some of our 10-year tips, uh, and look for a better opportunity to, to uh, re-enter that trade uh, sometime in 2021. Uh, our corporate portfolio has been relatively quiet and static. It's been performing very well. Uh, we have added and continue to add uh, opportunistically to some shorter data corporates. Uh, we don't see any significant duration risk. Um, I like things that have a very low uh, repricing risk because they're so short, uh, little to no default risk. If I can get a three to 4% yield, sort of for a one year, six month, 18 month piece of paper. Um, in this current environment of 60, 70 basis point, 10 years, um, you know, that's an attractive added yield. So we've been picking up some of those securities. 
Um, but they're more adding on to existing positions. We're, we, we're not going out and, and making significantly significant new bets um, in, in corporate debt. Okay, that's great. And, and lastly, and I know you've covered a lot of this, can you comment on recent portfolio activity and, and specifically sectors, some buys and, and maybe some sells? Yeah, some sells. Um, well, as I mentioned, we did sell down some of the longer dated treasuries to make room for uh, purchasing some of the 10-year treasury inflation protected securities. In corporate land, we have trimmed some exposure to the UK retailer Marks & Spencer. Uh, we had bought that uh, on, a, on a thesis that didn't really play out that well uh, around Brexit, and, uh, but the bonds have recovered a lot from the, from the pandemic lows. And so we've been uh, trimming our position there. And really, we haven't done that much trimming in, in the fixed income space in, in U.S. monthly income fund beyond that particular name. That's great. James, that was very insightful, and we appreciate your top-down perspective. A stat that I like to end with, since 2007 to present, a 70% U.S. equity, 30% U.S. fixed income portfolio returned 8.1% on annualized basis. That's only 10 basis points behind a 100% U.S. equity portfolio, which returned 8.2% on an annualized basis. And this is really the sweet spot for balance mandates, participation and downside protection with, with higher sharp ratio. And so Century has the expertise in this space. If you agree with our views, with our investment approach, consider the Century U.S. Monthly Income Fund. It's a five-star fund that has beaten 98% of the funds in the global equity balance category since inception in March 2013. So for the listeners, if you want to know more about Century U.S. Funds and other Century Funds, check out CI.com and join us next week for another update on Century Funds. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment. Certain statements in this podcast are forward-looking that are predictive in nature, depend upon, or refer to future events or conditions. Forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth. Although the forward-looking statements contained herein are based upon what CI Global Asset Management and the Portfolio Manager believe to be reasonable assumptions, neither CI Global Asset Management nor the Portfolio Manager can assure that actual results will be consistent with these forward-looking statements. Certain statements contained in this podcast are based in whole or in part on information provided by third parties, and CI Global Asset Management has taken reasonable steps to ensure their accuracy. Market conditions may change, which may impact the information contained in this podcast. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compounded total returns, net of fees and expenses, payable by the fund, including changes in security value and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions, and do not take into account sales, redemption, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.